right or wrong way to process it. Exactly. And I think for me, yes, it was three days off offline, but then it would just sort of hit me at random points, like driving the car. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I'm Ella Dace, a social media manager and fashion designer. And I'm Bart Dace, a businessman by day, but more importantly, Ella's Insta husband. <laughs> Together, we run a social media company called Ella Resort Creative. We're here to talk about the social business world and the power of influence, how we learn from some and give to others. Welcome, welcome. Hello, team. Today, I'm joined with my beautiful friend, Ali, and you would have heard her on the podcast a few weeks ago. Today, we are talking about something a little bit more personal, something that is completely unscripted. We don't have much of a plan, but I feel like it's something that I really wanted to talk about. I've had a bit of a rough start to 2021 and I guess I wanted to share that with you and share that it happens to so many women all the time and we just don't talk about it. So I wanted to really use this platform today to bring a voice to it, to talk about it. I know Bart was like, I don't know, should you? And I was like, it's because he also has never spoken about this issue. So no one really knows how to talk about it. And I'm really nervous. <laughs> I don't get nervous when we're doing podcasts, but I'm nervous about this topic. I'm a little bit shaky because I think it, it's still a bit raw. Mm. Yes. It can be an incredible challenge to navigate things that don't have a rule book, right? And mm-hmm. particularly when there's a lot of shame that can come up. Mm -hmm. Um, with what we're about to talk about and often well what we know about shame is that when we don't speak into these things that do bring us feelings of shame it perpetuates a feeling of shame and so it probably feels really huge yeah yeah Um, but take solace in the fact that you know that you're not alone and really the intention for this is to share the gifts of moving through that pain and getting to the other side and letting know people who might be in the middle of experiencing you know the challenges of themselves that moving through that is where Mm. the secret is and you will always get to the breakthrough after the breakdown yes now the reason I brought Ali on to talk with me is because she helped me a lot through it And she's just helped me with my overall communication and how to, I guess, navigate these breakthroughs and just like help helping me journal and helping me do lots of things. So that's why (laughs) Ali's here. And I guess also she'll be, she'll have some great tips for anyone else that's going through this and how you can communicate with someone else that might be going through it as well. Mm So we'll take you back to the end of last year. Um, End of December, mid-December, Bart and I decided that we were going to start trying for a baby and lo and behold, we, we got pregnant first try on Christmas Day, which was very exciting. He was very, very excited. So was I. And the, the really hard thing about this was that we were completely separate when I found out he had, he had to go back to Adelaide. So I was alone, well not alone, I had my family and friends, but away from him. So even telling him over FaceTime was like not the way I wanted to tell him, but it's something that like I knew I was going to see him in two weeks. I was like, how can I keep that from him from two weeks? I want to be there with him and tell him in person and hug him. And I had to tell him over FaceTime, which kind of sucked. <laughs> um, anyway, I went back to Adelaide. And we were navigating that first trimester and um, I came back for my first scan and they told me that there was no heartbeat. So that's, I guess, then I didn't really know how to feel. 
I guess you get so excited about this expectation, like you start planning all these things and she's like, don't worry, come back in a week. It's probably like you've probably just messed up your dates. You're probably not as far along as you think. Come back next week, it's fine. I was like, all right, I'm not going to think about it too much. I'm just going to go, keep going. Then I went with mum the week after. Spot was still in Adelaide. And this time we were like, we'll FaceTime Bart during the ultrasound. FaceTimed him and she was like, no, there's no heartbeat. Really sorry. Bart was like, that's the worst FaceTime of my life. (laughs) So I guess understandably. And I guess I still didn't really know how to feel. Like I was still in a bit of shock. Um, My mum was probably more devastated than me and as you can imagine mums are like what can I do I'm so sorry blah 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 I'm like I just need to be alone to process the information and I know that for all of you mamas out there everyone that has been pregnant or gone through losing a baby that first trimester is fucked <laughs> like it was hard enough I think trying to run your business when you are so low on energy and you can't think and all you want to do is sleep and um so that in itself was hard so that that when I when we found out it was Thursday Thursday afternoon usually for myself I don't ever take meetings on a Friday or a Monday just because I like to end the week nicely and start the week off just on my like my own pace and not have to be like oh I've got a meeting blah 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 that was also a long weekend, so lucky for us, I went down south with my parents and just had that time to switch off and really process the grief and go start to do some reflection about it. You know, I was talking to one of my friends and they were like, you know, this is much deeper. It's much deeper than what you think. And in my mind, I'm like, no, it's not. It, like, this happens all the time. It's not deeper. It's nothing to do with anything. Like, it, it happens. And um, I was just so, so sad. And like, I can't, can't, I don't know, you, grief, I think for everyone is so different, but mm-hmm. just my face, mum was like, you just look really sad. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> but I was talking to another good friend and she was like, don't, don't even go on social media. Don't go on Instagram. And, you know, I still had my business to run, still had to show up. I had content to shoot and like deadlines and things like that. But when something like this happens, it all gets put on hold. And um, what I really wanted to talk about today as well is how do you navigate your way through going through something really personal like that and still show up for your business and still get all your work done and all of the rest of it, which was really hard. You know, I think got to like three days later and I posted something on my stories I think I posted a selfie and someone replied going you look sad and I was like yeah I am mm. <laughs> I'm really sad but I'm here mm-hmm. um yeah it was hard but also some other advice from from friends are like you know give yourself give yourself three days just to be alone completely and you'll you'll be fine after that you know it will you'll start to process the emotions you'll start to come back and you'll feel okay and what helped me through that is talking to other women that had been through the same thing and you like they are okay I am okay they got through it I got through it so to put it into perspective I was eight weeks pregnant and yeah I know people are a lot further along and this happens and it's so heartbreaking I think what was the worst of it was um that it didn't happen naturally. So like we lost the baby, but then she was like, oh, my OB was like, um, you can come back tomorrow and you can have the surgery and, and we can get it done straight away. And I was like, no, I'm going, I'm going to go down south. I'm going to give myself time and I, I'm hoping it will just happen naturally. I'm going to give my body the space. I'm just going to try to relax and hopefully it happens. I got to a week later and nothing had happened. And I think that that is even worse because you're just waiting for it to happen. It can happen at any minute. And I was like, no, I'm not waiting for this. So 
got one of my good friends to take me in a week later um, to have the DNC. And I was actually feeling fine by this this point. Like I was, I feel like I had really processed the emotions and I was back a little bit more active on my Instagram, a little bit more active in business. Um, <laughs> had the surgery and got straight back onto my emails, <laughs> replying to everyone. You were DMing me from your your hospital bed. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it's like for me, I love my work. So it is a really good distraction to pour more energy into it Mm. and not have to focus on those other things. But also something I forgot to mention is after the first appointment when they told me I came back home and I had a meeting straight away. I had a team meeting with the girls and I was just trying so hard to hold it together. And I was like, how's everyone's content going? Good. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> oh, it was, it's, yeah, wasn't, wasn't great. And I know that on that, the week after, on the Tuesday, I still had the course to teach. So mm. you still have to show up. Your business still has to keep going it's your business. And the worst of it was that Bart had, was on the other side of the country. So he was completely alone. He had no one there with him. And he still had to go to work. Mm. And that's why I think it's amazing that in New Zealand they have introduced leave for after you do have a miscarry. Mm-hmm. They yeah. give you that time. I think it's like a week or two weeks mm. paid leave after you've had a miscarriage. Which is bereavement leave, right? Yeah. We, we have it for loss of life in so many, in, in when we lose other life. And mm. obviously it's a whole other conversation that we're not opening up right now in yeah. terms of what constitutes life and at what stage. But at no matter which way we really look at this, it, you are, it's a huge loss. And the only way to move through grief is to allow yourself to be in it. Mm. And before we go any further, I just want to honour you and your vulnerability because it takes an incredible amount of courage to speak on a personal level. It's really easy when you're an expert at something that Mm -hmm. everybody can relate to, that is easy to look at, that um, is not your everyday life that is who you are and your experiences. So for everybody who is listening to this podcast, really take a breath and acknowledge that this is not just an Instagram tip podcast. This is you getting an insight into somebody's life that has given you so much value and is also going to provide you so much value in ways to help you understand navigating loss as well as anybody who might be unsure to how to support somebody else Mm -hmm. who is going through loss. Yeah, because we're all working it out and we're ultimately all walking each other home. And sometimes we don't know how to be with our loss and how to be with ourselves. And sometimes we don't know how to be with somebody who's going through that pain. Mm. Yeah. I think the worst of it is when people keep messaging you and think like when people are all sort of wanting you guys to have a baby mm. and people are like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant? Yeah. Like what's happening there? Or if I've said I've had a, I've had a, like a really rough few weeks and they're like, oh, you're not pregnant, are you? I'm like, well, actually, I was, yeah. Mm, and So insensitive. Yeah, but how, like, they would have no idea. So how do you, I guess, break that culture of just expecting women in relationships just to be pregnant or about to have a baby? And It's dismantling stereotypes, really, and the only way we do that is by having more of these conversations. Mm. You know, thankfully... For all of the added expectations there are to women of our generation, there is also this incredible freedom of expression that we are afforded. We're allowed mm. to, allowed to, <laughs> I use that term very, very loosely, but there isn't as much stigma associated with talking about shameful subjects. Mm. And, and just before we continue on that, so what I'm really talking about when I refer to shame, particularly around miscarriage, is a lot of women go into a feeling of that there's something wrong with them, that their body is faulty, that they've let their partner down. You know, miscarriage can really bring up a sense of shame for mm. the woman experiencing the loss and also the couple that maybe there's something wrong with them. And because these conversations are not so 
what's the word you know they're just not as widely had and for whatever reason of course it's it's a, an incredibly sensitive and fragile thing to go through shame is something that's really hard to talk about and also really hard to know how to support somebody going through that mm. yeah um so if you are somebody who has ever experienced that please know that you get to find your people that it's safe to speak about that with because mm-hmm. the you know, empathy and talking into shame is what obliterates it. Shame feeds on secrecy. It feeds on staying in the dark and it's what feeds your negative self-talk. And the second you can have a conversation with somebody that's like, I made it through. It's okay to not be okay in that moment, but just know that you will be okay again. Yeah. I think that's what helps a lot is just knowing that this too shall pass. You know, you'll get Mm. better. You're not going to stay like this forever. Yeah. On the Friday, so a week later, the Friday after, I went in for the DNC and then the Monday was International Women's Day and I was so anxious because I just couldn't stop bleeding. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, if it's any consolation, I saw you on that day and I obviously knew what you had been going through but had I not I would have had no idea you were absolutely stunning and charismatic and charming like you always are so you know it's just this really beautiful reminder that Mm -hmm. what I want to speak into actually is we have you see it all over social media that's like be kind you never know what somebody's going through that doesn't mean that you have free access to ask them what's going on and offer free advice yeah right Mm -hmm. um so Ella and I as we were talking about doing this podcast because both of us are a little nervous you know this is a really sensitive fragile topic and we want to make sure that we handle it with the grace and the sensitivity that it deserves and I think it's just so important not to shame anybody who has um perhaps navigated approaching somebody in this situation uh Mm -hmm. in a way that probably didn't help um So it's not really about making anybody wrong. It's really about saying like, hey, I don't know if you're aware, but this would be a better way to go about that. And I personally at the moment have, I can think of four people in the last two weeks I know that have been trying to, you know, get pregnant and have let me know that they've miscarried. There is something going on in the world right now with women's cycles. There's There's a lot going on. Women are really carrying a lot. We are more in tune with cyclical things to do with humanity and nature than science can ever explain at this Mm. point and you know we we are going through a huge shift in in our consciousness in humanity and women's cycles are reflecting that and I know personally as well as collectively a lot of women are having these really insane cycle changes and a lot a lot a lot of miscarriages Mm. so oh anybody who is going through that just know that you are not alone and you're held but I've lost my train of thought where we were going with oh, with people with and, and, and approaching with kindness. Mm. So, so there's a big difference between being kind um, in the sense of, hey, what's going on with you? Let me help you. If somebody hasn't invited that in, you know, um, being kind means if somebody has given you the privilege of letting you know and you are an audience member of theirs on social media or whatever platform that they're using – that they're going through something, you don't probe any further. It's Mm. up to them to volunteer their vulnerability and their personal information as they see fit. That is not an invitation to ask for a right to be one of their inside circle. You know, it's really about understanding the boundaries that exist. Even though you feel like you may know somebody who has a platform, there's a very big difference between having access to them on a personal level versus feeling like you get to know them because of what they show you of their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I know personally my friends, some of my old friends think, I don't need to call you. I don't need to see what's going on because I just look at your social media. <laughs> and I think, but I, I like... What, because I show you putting incense, because I show myself putting incense on in the morning, you know what's happening in my life. I'm all good. (laughs) You know, it's really, and so what I recognize through that though, is people believe and see social media as almost a window unabridged into people's lives. Like that's it. 
that's your there's life. so much and the thing with with say stories for example is that person on the other side who is creating those stories chooses which 15 like second snippets mm-hmm. of the day they show you and it's 24 hours a day you're not gonna think you can only do 100 stories a day oh okay it maxes out okay <laughs> tried and tested yeah. from from ella days um and so it's really about defining what it means to look like, um, what it means, what it looks like to be kind. And please, again, know if you're personally feeling triggered by what I'm saying, because maybe you have nav- navigated this in a way that you have not been educated on before, that doesn't mean asking somebody what's going on. That means like, hey, whatever you're going through, I really hope and trust mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. And I'm here for you. And I'm here for you. Even if you're not here for them, because that would be inappropriate for me that has no personal connection with somebody to be like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I see it in Facebook groups all the time. People, you know, reaching out because they, you know, are at a wit's end. And then, you know, total strangers being like, you can give me a call and talk about your problems. And I'm like, okay, so A, how do you know that person even has the capacity to hold space for what's going on with mm-hmm. you? And you're not going to like trauma bond over what's going, you know, what's going on here. It's really a twofold situation. Yeah, It's the person going through the struggle and them understanding what vulnerability actually means and vulnerability means sharing your pain to the people that have earned the right to hear your pain and yes for all of you who have heard Brene Brown I worship Mm. her I love her and I have studied her endlessly and she influences a lot of the work that I do around how I educate people she's amazing she's the work that she's doing in the world is helping us connect on a more authentic genuine level and this is the thing we're all learning how to be better people mm. because of people like Brene Brown. It's a thing, though. They don't like we don't get educated on how to communicate with each other. Hun- like I studied communications. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? the irony! <laughs> but they don't teach us how to be soft and be kind and actually think about what you want to say and think about yourself in- introspectively and. Mm. And and to honour our private conversations, you know, it's really about to honour the privacy there, but in to also recognise, like we've had conversations where I have sat and I've spoken to you and said, you can be soft and kind, mm. but still be firm in asking for what you need. Yeah. You know, there seems to be this real attitude with setting boundaries as though they come with, you know, a level of assertiveness that is not necessarily required. Mm-hmm. Um doesn't have to be a defense well and it exactly right but I do believe that because again it's twofold we're so worried that by setting a boundary where a boundary has not been in place in existing relationships that it's going to be met with an attack yeah so we we go into setting the boundary with already assuming we're going to have to defend ourselves so of course an error of defense is going to influence the way that we communicate that and that's really where emotional regulation techniques come in and you know reminding yourself that you are safe to ask for what you need and Mm -hmm. if like I just had to say to somebody the other day like if somebody responds with aggression or with shaming you or with you know any kind of charged emotional reaction to you setting a boundary and asking for what you need that is not evidence that the boundary was that you shouldn't have set the boundary that's not evidence that you did something wrong that is evidence that you should have set that boundary a long time ago (laughs) yeah and that they should do the same or that they don't do the same but I think With the coming from kindness, especially on social media and everyone is too quick all the time to be defensive in comments, in DMs, trolls, it happens daily and look, in that the same space of time where I was going through, well, Bart and I were going through this, I had probably like every single other person that I would speak to that they're all going through something and they're all going through something so personal and quite intense. Like I had a good friend having really something happening with um, her family and then another friend also trying to go through IVF and another friend, like there was, there's just so much happening with every single person that we don't know about. So going or coming from a place of kindness, not just on social media, but when you see people in person, it's so important Mm. because you have no idea what they're going through. 
Absolutely. So say like if you did say something and they snapped back at you or they said something quite rude, then yes, it is a reflection of them, but it's a, like they, you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Something I learned that served me so well in situations where conflict arises is before I, so let's say I say something and you get upset and I'm not saying I'm perfect and if my partner listens to this, he is probably going to scoff because obviously in our intimate relationships, it's our ultimate test of our emotional <laughs> regulation and being yeah. our highest <laughs> self. However, upon reflection and whenever I'm able to catch myself in the moment, whenever conflict arises from something I've done, the first thing I do as much as possible is I stop and ask myself, how did I contribute to that? Mm. And I take responsibility for not the entire situation because I know that there's a lot of women particularly who are predisposed and you know really conditioned to people please so they'll take the entire responsibility because it gives them a false sense of a false sense of control that they can fix the situation I'm just going to make myself wrong because then I can do whatever it takes to fix it it's not about that it's that if you have said something that's upset some upset somebody else and you're able to create the space and be like oh how did I contribute to that Mm-hmm. Did I ask an inappropriate question and maybe it's upset that person? Oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't have asked if Ella was pregnant when I've never even bought one of her products or worked with her. <laughs> yeah. You know, so being able to then take a step back and then just say, you know what, that was really inappropriate. I'm so sorry, whatever you're going through, I, I really hope that you're okay. Because it's as much being gentle, kind, compassionate and loving with yourself as you're learning to grow your communication skills, as you're learning to emotionally regulate, as you're learning to do all of the shit that they didn't teach you to do in school that makes Mm. you a decent human being, as much as we're learning how to be there for each other in ways that, Mm -hmm. in ways that don't serve us. And that's something that was coming up as you were speaking before that I'd love to speak into. Be really mindful that you are not deriving a sense of identity and worth from being there for other people. Mm. I personally have had friendships dissolve from people who no longer derived a sense of worth from our friendship because I didn't need them for emotional support because I had reached a point in my life where I only need myself now for emotional support, right? I'm able to emotionally regulate myself without relying on other people. Yeah. And this... I've noticed now I can, I can really quickly identify when somebody is reaching out to me to want to give me support because it makes them feel really great about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I notice this, that's where I feel like the, the boundaries of kindness and self-worth derived support are being blurred. Yeah. 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 So just let's plant the seed and let's all work together. And, you know, you get to like, look at yourself and be like, holy shit, that's me. But don't go into, holy shit, that's me. I can't believe I did that. Oh my God. It's really like, oh my gosh, that is such a common thing. And how can Mm. I then really shift and understand where my sense of self-worth comes from? Mm. Because perhaps it's me who needs the support and I'm offering support to other people. So I don't have to look at my own stuff. I feel like a lot of the time, unless you go through something Say, for example, now now that I've gone, we're, we're going through this miscarriage, I just see it so much more. And I guess you just notice so much more the things, the way that you should communicate to other people. Because even I've had meetings in the, in the last few weeks where um, people have gone through the same thing as me and you, you don't know, but they're still showing up for their business and they're still mm-hmm. working. And the way that you communicate is just so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think so. I think we've given people enough about how to communicate, mm. particularly to someone who is grieving, who is going through something. It is really about offering support, but in a way that really lets them control how much information that mm-hmm. they're um, yeah. that they are um, offering you, and let them choose who supports them, you know, yeah. but also, yes, now we get to really speak into the people who are going through the struggles, yeah. you know. The one thing that's really important to acknowledge is that grief and loss and, you know, these incredibly difficult emotions to process 
is it looks different for everyone. It does. There is exactly. no one size fits all. You know, what might take Ella three days to process might take another person a week. What might take the woman who's been trying to get pregnant for a year and then miscarries, yeah. you know, she's had her third miscarriage. It could there's, take her months. There's no right or wrong way to process it. Exactly. And I think for me, yes, it was three days off offline, but then it would just sort of hit me at random points, like driving the car. I just and... I want to catch something that you said there. So so Ella was like three days offline, but what offline. what really that means is so online with herself, mm. right? You're offline because you're off the internet, which is this very new invention that humans forget that we haven't always had and we haven't always <laughs> yeah. had this like hyper connectivity and like looks into our life. And so it's so important that when you are grieving that yes, you go offline, but that's to go online in a way that you probably aren't normally that online because you need yourself mm. so damn much when you're going through stuff that you don't know how to navigate. Yeah. You don't know how to feel. You've just got to give yourself space because yeah. you're not supposed to know. You Like there is no should. There is There's no, no rule book. Like absolutely. this is what you do. This is how you should feel. Why aren't I over this yet? Why am I still worrying yeah. about this? And there, there gets to be a point where you're like, you get to make a choice. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm going to let myself fall apart for three days and then I'm going to do what I can mm-hmm. after that and build myself back up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, um, yeah, I think the three days was good. Offline, down south, just inside. There was no, there was no reception. It was great. Um, but then also in saying that nobody really notices if you do go offline for that time which is not 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 I'm not trying to say oh my gosh no one noticed that's not what I'm saying I'm saying if you take the time for yourself to go offline people aren't going to be like oh you're missing from my daily stories oh like the guilt that you might feel yeah, at the anticipation think. of going online Correct. of I've built this community oh my gosh I'm letting them to. down by being yeah. offline like I mean I'm, I'm not going through a miscarriage right now, but I literally have made the decision to go offline for two weeks Correct. because I need to work on something. And I've picked up, like, I, yes, I'm engaging in posts and things like that, but people are still following me. Yeah. I haven't lost any followers. Yeah. And it's, but again, of course, leading up to that, I was like, oh my God, am I going to lose all the followers I've picked up? Are people mm. going to think I'm not, you know, legitimate because I'm not posting? I really want to remind every business owner that you don't owe anybody anything except no. your paying clients. Yeah, okay. no, exactly. Your and people on Instagram. Still, I didn't, like I told a couple of them. I didn't tell many of my clients. Some of my clients knew, but still, like I told the girls um, when we had our team meeting, I told them and I was like, I just need your extra support. And I'm just incredibly grateful for the team and the support that I that I have around me. Like so many flowers, so many people just coming over and, just being there which is amazing Mm. yeah and in that in that I just you know I'm really playing the advocate of the people who um if you're a client of somebody Mm -hmm. that also doesn't mean that they owe you anything beyond reasonable One client was not understanding but I didn't want to tell them because I didn't have that relationship well and this is the thing and so should it really take sharing to Mm. the point that that person you know like and this is a thing to remember so if you're if there's any karens listening to this podcast this was a karen (laughs) it's always a karen until Um, karen actually comments on my post she's like hey i'm like sorry so it's a little segue (laughs) because my nana is never going to listen to this her name is karen and she is the ultimate karen Karen. like the ultimate karen and it's like a running joke now in my family oh anyway So if you are a Karen listening to this, this is perfect advice for you. Nobody owes you anything. This is the thing. We get to be really real and like, yes, I'm going to be kind, but I'm also going to deliver some really important truths and I don't have to sugarcoat them. Mm. If you have an agreement with somebody and they say to you, I'm actually really unable to show up this week and... Mm -hmm. They, you know, so I've had I've had moments like this with my clients, and I work in incredibly emotionally vulnerable containers. And sometimes I can't show up 
because I have to hold so much space. You give it's such a high energy output. Absolutely. Yeah, and I will have to. I will always if I have to let my clients know that I'm unavailable to make a call, I will always go in with a solution. And great business owners will always do that. Mm. It's not like or you you know, it's really about setting expectations. I'm gonna be offline for a week. When I come back, let me come back to you with how I'm gonna make this up to you. Yeah. If you're a Karen and you receive that email, the email you send back is not, this is unacceptable, this is not what I paid for, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's I really hope that you're okay. Yeah. And most of my clients were amazing. One, they you know, I have this incredible client and it's just a team of women and they are just beyond amazing. Mm. Um, the other, just, it was just one client. I just don't feel like they believed me when I said, I just need some time. I've got a few personal family things happening. I just don't feel like they believed me because they emailed me every single day that week. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, look, when when I I launch my boundaries course, they can definitely enroll. (laughs) The thing that I notice with people who have a lack of boundaries with you, they've got no boundaries with themselves Mm. okay and so for anybody who's ever on the receiving end of that just remember it's not personal and there's nothing that you can do in that moment like it's not up to you to emotionally regulate that person it's not up to you to help them see how unreasonable they're being let them be Mm. that person because at the end of the day they have to live with being that person and that is a hundred percent worse than you being like oh on the receiving end of that Yeah, I agree. (laughs) A few things, I guess, that helped me navigate my way through because I know that a lot of people, a lot of women that go through this, it's hard to know what to do next. Like, Mm, you know, you're just, you're you're in this emotion. Also, if you, if you start to feel better, you start, you can start feeling guilty as well that you're happy. I should be feeling sad because I'm going through this incredibly hard thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like like what we mentioned before, I don't think there's any right or wrong way. Like everyone is different and you are you. So you can navigate it the way you want. I was pulling, this is, this is, this is next level, right? I was pulling my, my Oracle cards and my affirmation cards and I kept getting the same one. Of course you did. Over and over and over. And it, the, the Oracle card was the dove. Go in peace. And then my affirmation card was um, go gently. I kept getting them over and over. And um, even Britt, my incredible VA, she did a card pull for me over the full moon while I was down south. She got the same cards. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know who I am, I am like a hardcore white witch in witch. training. <laughs> yeah. So I'm forever burning things and writing things and pulling cards and I really believe in the intersectionality between science and spirituality mm-hmm. and magic and mysticism yeah. of the world. And so while we get to honour the incredible advances that science has afforded us, we also get to lean into the magic of what it is to be human and there's mm-hmm. so much about this experience that we can't explain and whether you want to call it whatever you want to call it yeah. i'm calling that divine intervention yeah. that was a message from everyone everyone spirit guides the universe your higher self to yeah. say take it easy babe mm. like take it easy just and, be, and let be that good little, to yourself let that little person go you mm. know and you i think the thing that's really beautiful and the message that's coming through from you sharing that you did your oracle cards because there might be people listening that are like oh, another person pulling oracle cards and you know with crystals stuff them (laughs) well and it also like if it's not if it's don't so amy crawfield from the holistic ingredient she has this beautiful saying that i'm sure she got somewhere else but i heard it from her and it's like don't yuck other people's yum Mm -hmm, like right like whatever works for you let that work for you and also if you're grieving and you don't know what works for you and you're shitting on people that are doing things like pulling oracle cards, that are meditating, that are writing, that are going mm. to ecstatic dance classes, maybe you should try it. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. I really leaned into journaling more. I, I started at the beginning of the year, but I, I don't know. I never really fully got into it. And this helped so much just get everything and I think the thing that was holding me back from journaling is because you think there's a way to do it 
Oh my god! How do I meditate? How do I journal? How do? You, how, what do I write? Dear diary. No, <laughs> like, no. It's like it, just everything that was on my mind. Just getting it out. There's this mm. meme where it's like this this person sitting and there's a big scribble above them before journaling and then after journaling mm. and the scribbles on the paper. Yeah, exactly. It's like get it out of your system. The it way. Helped, yeah. The way that I always describe, actually, before I say that, I want to ask you, what do you feel like it was particularly that was so cathartic and therapeutic about journaling for you, particularly as you were grieving? Mm, I think I literally couldn't focus on my work. I couldn't do anything. And there was one particular day where I just went down to the beach and I was like, I'm actually just going to journal everything that comes to mind and get it all off my chest and just write it all down and then I could think clearly mm. again, which... So it created space for you. Yeah. And to just do other things, not have to think about it. Yeah, like that, that's there. It's, it's not going to go anywhere, but it doesn't have to stay front of mind. Something I'd love to know as well is while you were journaling through that process, did anything come up that you had no idea was there? So many things. Yeah, right. And that's really the beauty of being in flow and opening that space. Yeah. It's... So for me personally, I journal every morning, mm. but that's because I'm really far into this process and I know how incredibly healthy it is for me. And the way that I describe journaling in terms of the intention and why we journal is it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation with yourself. With yourself, exactly. Right? That's yeah. it. And it's, it's one of the most... Something that I read recently was... We as adults and as, you know, as we grow up in society, we make fun of adults who talk to themselves, but it's completely normal for little kids. And I feel like one of the worst things we ever did was make it socially unacceptable to talk to yourself. Because yeah. um, I prefer the conversations I have with myself than most other people. Mm. <laughs> because also I like to talk about really out there radical concepts and the thoughts that I have about the universe and my journal gives me a really beautiful opportunity to do that but the thing that I wanted to touch on that you were talking about with creating the space and opening that space there was probably a recurring thought that you had right mm. and if you just sit down and you write that one thing down it's how am I supposed to feel about this what 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 am I supposed to be doing? I don't get what, like, why did this happen to me? Asking a question is a really great way. But if you write that one thing down, especially when there's a lot going on, and you really just let yourself have what I call a conscious stream, and that's like where you're not thinking. There's like mm. this, there's a lot of evidence in terms of um, the difference between typing and writing. And there's a portal almost opened between the mind and the hand when you write. It's, it's, there's really a filter removed, which means that you do have access to your inner wisdom. And so like for this morning myself, I was like, oh, what am I going to journal about? Which is like a little question I have while I'm doing my yoga beforehand. And... I um, got some results yesterday about my body, which is completely transformed with some healing that I've been doing. Like my whole spine structure has changed. And I just kept hearing this. I love my body so much. I had no idea what to journal about, but I wrote down, I love my body so much. And then four pages later, yeah. you know, and so obviously this is a, that's a really happy story, but it's yeah. there for you to process whatever the hell is going on for yeah. you. And the idea that you can get something right, that is you doing it with yourself is just like, can we just let go of perfectionism yeah. in our relationships with ourselves? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I had the biggest breakthroughs over the last few weeks also felt like I was having like a midlife crisis and mental breakdown and all of that <laughs> because I'm 30 in two weeks as well and but like it's because you're 30 in two weeks I'm like it's not it's like so many things <laughs> <laughs> oh I think um whenever whenever you these things come up it's just because you've created the space for them to be looked at yeah really yeah. yeah, the universe and life does not throw at you anything you cannot handle. That's my favorite quote ever. Yeah. It's so true. And I know that so many, like what well, we keep coming back to, so many people go through so many hardships every single day, but it's how you move through them. And then there is light on the other side. There's also lessons on the other side. Yeah. It's, it's one of the frameworks that I tell my clients in week one is that life is just, and I'm sure I would have said this on your last podcast, life, because it, it's so important and I wish people could just 
get it so we didn't navigate the struggles with so much resistance. Mm. So there's two things I want to tell you, particularly if you're going through grief, is everything is temporary. Mm-hmm. Okay, like literally everything is temporary. And life is just one big cycle of mm. breakdowns and breakthroughs. And if we are seeking the breakthrough without by avoiding going through the breakdown, all you're doing is staying in the breakdown mm. longer. Whereas if you can really surrender and allow yourself to find the ways that let you be in the emotion and let you be in that moment, you know, so yeah. call on your breath work, call on your yoga, start journaling, pull some damn oracle cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do these beautiful things that help you navigate the, the low vibe. Do? We joined the Golden Yoni membership. Oh, mm. we did. Shout out to our queen, Rosie Rees. Mm-hmm. Um, Got some Yoni eggs. Do you know? And we're actually going to a we're going to do a naked awakening yoga class together. Yeah. Can't wait to see Ellis. You guys should come. <laughs> I love that you spoke over that so they won't hear me say it. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm joking. Um, but it, there is something, in, particularly for women, if you've never done anything nude with other women, uh, it's so incredibly healing. So, is it? And, oh my god, I went. If any, if you've ever struggled with any body image stuff, yeah, and who hasn't? Yeah, come on. Every, like everyone. we we grew up in the age of anorexia being the desirable body type. Like yeah, and magazines. So like side side note, personal note. Like three girls in my year at twelve class were anorexic. Like one of them was hospitalised, and you know was hardly ever at school. You know it was yeah. everywhere, mm. and and so if you've ever struggled with body image, the thing that was so healing for me, I went to um, there's this incredible business in Perth called Crooked Images, and she's a really um, empowering photographer for female identifying people, and does um, it's really cool. Yeah, really really cool. She's she does and also like incredible work with disabled women um women in their who are in their elder years and she does boudoir shoots Mm -hmm. and so her whole philosophy is like you just aren't seeing yourself in the positions that other people are seeing you because you're standing in front of the mirror with like your shoulders slumped and your down lighting forward (laughs) and you're down lighting exactly but she does um this incredible I guess it, this this great photo shoot a couple of times a year and as a fundraiser and it's called a nude shoot and she p- chooses a secluded location. Oh, I think I've seen this. Oh my god, it was apart from getting a photo shoot myself to realize that like wow, I can actually look so beautiful being around the diversity of women there because yeah, you've got like the typical hot body and then you've got all of these s- so many different short tall skinny big curvaceous you've got like women with huge bums and small cute little boobs and bellies and cellulite and it's like we're literally we're being shown the instagram of bodies right it's like oh i know what's going on because it's on instagram no and so it's this real liberation of oh my Mm. god you know there's nothing wrong with me i am just one tiny little recipe of an endless supply of meals available yeah right even being in this in the golden yoni and just reading through some of these women's stories it makes you feel like connected yeah so connected because Mm -hmm. They're all going through something completely different. Everyone's joined for a completely different reason. I feel like as well, you know, really talking into that, your sexuality as a woman is probably something you have most likely denied yourself because of the way that we are conditioned to relate to our female body. You know, so many of us that are alive today have been conditioned to believe that sex and pleasure is really only available to men. And, Mm. you know, we've all heard really disgusting you know phrases like oh women trade what is it women trade sex for marriage and men trade marriage for sex have you ever heard that (laughs) fuck I used to hear that that. so I'm a little bit older than you though um and so you know there's all of these really damaging cultural stories that we've been fed that also exacerbate episodes like miscarriage because we're already yeah. conditioned to believe that our bodies are designed to fail, that they are faulty. We've got yeah. men who are the experts about menstrual cycles. <sighs> you know, it's I'm just I'm kind of I'm really noticing the really limited um, healing that is available to us if we're relying purely on modern medicine for yeah. our 
sexuality for our womanhood for our cycles it's it's so important that you as a woman are starting to seek connection with a genuine sisterhood that is talking about important conversations that are not makeup and perfume and first you know and fashion and as much as there's nothing wrong with them if your identity if your identity is built around that without having a connection to yourself it's going to be really easy to slip into shaming yourself if yeah. something happens to your it's, body instead yeah. of loving your body as so much when it goes through something like yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like you nailed it. Thanks, babe. Give me a hammer. <laughs> <sighs> well, on that note. Yes, on that note, um, I guess I do want to create space for any woman that feels like they would like to reach out after this, not necessarily to offer me support, but if you've gone through something similar and you would like to have a conversation, then I will absolutely be there for you. Um, You can DM me Mm, on Instagram because I don't want to leave you high and dry by (laughs) listening to this episode and being like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And I hope that you have listened and if you've gotten this far then thank you thank you for taking the time to listen um yeah thanks for coming on Ellie oh that's my absolute pleasure and again I'd just like to extend that and say if you do feel the need to seek support you can reach out to Ella and I and we Mm. can always offer you know some suggestions of people that you can go to and some some paths to seek and be kind to yourself first and foremost so you're kind to other people I think just know that you're not alone Mm, you're never alone no you're only alone if you choose to be alone and still then you're with yourself yes <laughs> all right guys thank you for listening and i will see you talk to you on instagram in my next episode bye bye